0: It's really good to be with all of you today. I just am so excited. I feel overwhelmed and overcome and by the presence and the glory of God this morning, and I hope you do too in your homes. You can wave at me if you feel his glory, <laughs> and uh, if you have any intercessory bone in your body, <laughs> like me, you'd want to hit the <laughs> Some of you are waving, yeah. Uh, you want to hit the floor, or you want to just travail and cry and push through and break through right now. There's so much going on in the spirit. And it's such a privilege to be here this morning to share just some thoughts. I'm going to teach the word this morning, but I have some thoughts about the unshakable kingdom that I want to share with you. And uh, I've just been thinking and pondering. About this beautiful, unshakable kingdom that Hebrews 12 talks about, and uh, I've just been allowing it to uh, become very personal. And you may say, "A kingdom becoming personal? What does that mean?" But we'll we'll discover some things. But as as I begin this morning, uh, I, I want to share from Hebrews 12 mostly this morning. But I first want to just. Set you up a little bit, and give, and and hopefully all of you will come into an understanding of your identity first this morning. So I'm going to touch on a few little things in a very different way, because I, as I was reading through Hebrews and and all the other letters that Paul wrote, I was just stirred at the the many ways he described the church, and I want to encourage you with it this morning as we begin, and I want you to take it. And realize and understand this morning who you are. And I don't say that in a, in, a, in a nice, shy, quiet way. I say that understand and take hold of who you are today. Take authority of your identity in Christ this morning and as the church in the earth. And so we look at uh, Paul and, uh, you know, it's, we've been in the book of Acts on a Wednesday night for I don't know how many weeks now, months actually, 21 weeks. And um, Acts has opened up to us, and the church, the Antioch church, the early believers, and oh, it's, it's wrecked us forever, I think. It's marked us as a church, as a community, as we have realized how much we've missed out on, but we're people of the Spirit, and He is about to propel us into a movement across the earth. A movement of sons and daughters, mothers and fathers together, advancing the kingdom and the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ into the nations of this earth. So let's look at Paul. Just want to touch on a few things. He says, he addresses the church in his letters in, with different names and with different metaphors. The first one I want to start with is the word saint or saints. Now, we have an unfortunate misconception there as we joke around and we say that a saint is like a goody two-shoes with a halo over his head, and they're usually unapproachable people. And that's just a little... A false, unfortunate misconception, and I want to tell you what the word saint actually means, because Paul would say things like, to the saints at Philippi, or let's salute every saint who is in Christ Jesus. So let's look at the word saint. The Greek word for saint is hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S, and it is a man or woman who lives his or her life in the constant presence of Jesus in the constant awareness of his presence and in the constant deliberate attempt to listen to and carry out the words of the Lord. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? So the saints on the Zoom call, on YouTube, the saints of 24-7 church, be encouraged because basically what that means is you are Christ's dedicated people. So to the, to the church in Joburg, Christ's dedicated people, let's get excited about an unshakable kingdom. All right, he, he talks about a few other things, and I'll just touch on them quickly. He uses the word brethren. He says, uh, salute the brethren. All the brethren greet you. Peace to the brethren. And basically, the word brethren means a band of brothers, a band of sisters brothers and sisters of Christ. How do we treat one another? Are we a band of brothers and sisters? Can we salute each other? Can we we declare peace over each other in this time? And can we greet one another as the brethren together? He talks about believers. He mentions a living body. He mentions the body of Christ. And the loveliest of all, he talks about the bride of Christ. Also, he talks about that we are members of the household of God, a family. And in Corinthians, Paul describes the church as a building. I think the Greek word, we pronounce it like oikidome. I love these, you know, I'm known for these funny words and I'm labeled with these forever. But now there's a new one you can tease me with. It's oikidome. (laughs) And and from that... uh, (laughs) So from that description of a building, Paul also describes two metaphors of this building. In 1 Corinthians 3.11, we know this. It says Christ is the foundation of the church. And in Ephesians 2.20, he says Christ is the chief cornerstone of the building, of the church. So it is on Christ that the whole church is built. And it is by Christ that the whole structure of the church is held together. And I say, what a relief. What a relief. How awesome is that? The church is on him and is in him and held together by him. And so when we see how Paul thought about the church, we see that for him, and I want that to be in your minds and in your hearts today, for him the church is a company of men and women who have dedicated their lives to Christ, whose relationship to Christ is as close as that of a husband and wife, whose relationships are firm as stones in a building, and whose beauty is is that they are the body in whom Christ dwells and through which he acts in this world. So Christ dwells in us and he expresses himself, his power through us in this world. And so I want you to understand that this morning and and encourage yourselves whenever you're feeling isolated, whenever you're feeling alone, or disappointed, okay, disappointed from the assignment of God, the dream of God. Come into your identity. Speak these words over yourselves as a family. Speak yourselves, um, speak this word over your friends and family. We are the saints, the brotherhood, the building. There's also another thing, sorry, I nearly forgot that, that it talks about. We are um, the husbandry. And what does that mean? Immediately I thought of marriage, but it's not. Do you know what the word husbandry means? It means field. A field. So we as the church on the earth are like a field with fertile soil where the Holy Spirit comes and rests and deposits seed for such a time as this. So as we know our identity... I felt like the Lord was saying, okay, Jane, you know who you are. Now, what do you sound like? What's, let, let's talk about your language. What's the language of the church? And so in Hebrews 1, let's just quickly go there. We, I promise we're not going all the way through Hebrews from 1 to 13, but I'm going to just pick up on a few scriptures. In this room, they're all saying, oh, And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Ooh, that rings a bell. We've just said that he upholds the church. He upholds the church. And now it says he upholds the universe by the word of his power. I'm encouraging you to be strong today. Be strong in the power of his might in the days that we're living in. So verse 2 Says, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. You see, in this country, in this culture right now, some of us we speak in English, but God speaks in Son. <laughs> Jesus is the language of God. <laughs> Jesus is the language of God, the sonship of Jesus. And so Jesus should be. The first thing that comes out of our mouths, our breath, our words, our encouragement to each other, our songs, our sound. In Zephaniah 3.9, there's an amazing prophecy about language in the millennial reign of Christ, and it says, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord. If there is a pure language to come, I want it now. And as a church, we've got to say, if there's a pure language that's coming, as a prophetic people, we want it now. We can grab hold of it now. There's a, there's a nice statement that many people use, and it, every time I see it, and there's nothing wrong with it, it just like, ugh, I get a bit of a jolt. And it says, when, when people say, the best is yet to come, because it's true, the best is yet to come. But the best is now. Okay, that's a Jesus statement. That's not a nice statement, because sometimes, woof, now is not so lekker, But the best is now in Jesus. And, and for, for myself, I can take powerful Old Testament things, and I can look at it through Jesus and live in it now. Like later on in Hebrews, we read how these powerful men and women of God who did not see Jesus but loved Him, did not see the promise and the fulfillment of what they were shown, and yet they had an endurance to keep going. Because they, in the spirit they saw something. They saw the unseen and they believed in the unseen more than what was going on around them. They died. They gave their life for it. Some of them never saw anything positive, And yet they believed more in the unseen. They believed in the eternal realm of God more than the natural realm. And I'm stirred with that. So I want to take things. I want to look back and say, I want to take the things that these guys And women walked in and claim it now and walk in it and live in it now. The best is now. And then I want to look forward and bring something that I see or hear to my now and be transformed by it. That's a prophetic people. That's a prophetic people. A prophetic people are not people who go around giving words to people. A prophetic people are transformed people because they're serious about seeing and hearing what was and what is to come, and bringing it into their now. Because when you bring something into your now, you're transformed by it. And then when we're talking about language, I couldn't help my thoughts but going to our mouths. Our mouths are powerful weapons. They're powerful instruments at this time. And what I see, what I hear, what I smell, and what I taste is announced through my mouth. You know, we can say as prophetic people, oh yeah, I'm a feeler, I'm a seer. or I just hear things more, you know. And some of us have taste and smell. COVID's tried to rob that one, didn't he? (laughs) But he didn't win, he didn't win. Okay, and I'm just so stirred this morning that it's time to announce Jesus. It's time to announce the Now. Uh, what Jesus is doing now, not from afar off, not from a distance uh, what we think and we read what's coming, but to announce it now, because that's where the transformation happens. So the language of the kingdom looks like this, a couple of scriptures, just to encourage you. Psalm 37:30 says, "The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice." Proverbs 15 verse 4 says, A wholesome tongue, and I love this, is a tree of life. Your tongue and my tongue can look and and sound like the tree of life. But perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Not of the one just hearing the words, but the one who's delivering the word. Okay? A wholesome tongue is like a tree of life. Ephesians 4.29 says, let your speech impart grace to the hearers. And Colossians 4.6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. Okay, so that's on the mouth. Now let's go to Hebrews 12. And uh, for the sake of time, I can't read the entire chapter, but I'm going to just pull out some things. Okay, let me just start chapter 12 a little bit as we read it together, and then we'll pull out some individual passage. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Just a quick encouragement this morning. That sin which clings so closely, we know as a church that that is the sin of unbelief. Because Jesus has dealt with all of our sin, past, present, and future. If we have repented of our sin and confessed and believed that he has done that, He doesn't have to go back to the cross every time we sin. Okay, once and for all, sacrifice. But what Paul is talking about here is the sin which um, clings so closely, and that is the sin of unbelief. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, this is what I wanted to touch on here, consider him. So, my exhortation this morning to us all is that in the midst of the suffering and the pain and the death around us, the confusion, the loss that people have been going through, those believers, dedicated saints to Christ, now is the time more than ever to consider Christ Consider him, not just a quick little thought, consider him, examine what he did, go over it, and, and, and then appreciate it, because it goes on to say, so that we don't grow weary. So keep considering Jesus every single day, keep considering him, and we won't grow weary. It says, Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. I love that. When it says, make straight paths for your feet, that scripture that comes to mind, that your word is a lamp unto my feet. Stay, consider Jesus and stay in his word so that your path will be made straight and that you can walk, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint. Lately, so much focus and ministry and deliverance is on rather what is out of joint and what is weak and what is wrong, instead of rather be healed. Rather be healed. Don't concentrate, even in your own life, don't concentrate on the weakness so much. That it has been taken care of. We had to rise up now and move forward and rather be healed in Jesus' name. Take the word like it is. Rather be healed. Rather embrace the finished work of the cross than try and work it out and, and walk with a limp. We don't walk with a limp. Whatever your, your past has been like, You don't have an, uh, an adjusted inheritance because of past failures. I'm, sorry. I'm going to say that again. You don't walk with an adjusted inheritance with past failures. You don't walk with a limp. You're not out of joint, you've been healed. That's for someone. As we age, in the natural, some lose elasticity in the lenses of their eyes. That's why I'm wearing glasses today. Okay? It's just that elasticity in the lenses of our eyes that become weakened. It weakens our ability to focus. And it's the same in our walk with the Lord that we lose our flexibility of staying focused on what the Lord is wanting to do in and through us. And let's not be those who think we discern more than we really do at this time, especially those of us who have been saved for a long time. Let's not be those who think we discern more than we really do. But in fact, we've lost the flexibility and focus of what the Lord is doing now. Let's not lose fresh focus on what he has for us today. It's very important to keep on walking in this journey and to keep on enduring this beautiful race set before us. We've got to be able to see right. And when we get tired and weary... We think we are discerning more than we really are. Don't miss what he has for you today. I just feel such an urgency today. I'm like, I feel like it's just so overcome. I'm just going to be open. I just I felt right now just that sense of his presence on the shoulder, like, like the glory of God. His heart is that he doesn't want you to remain the same. He's beckoning us believers and those who are listening who have not believed in the name of Jesus. He's beckoning you. He's calling. The king, as we heard last week, is knocking on the door of the church. The king, the king of the kingdom is knocking on the door. So if we will answer the unchanging call of our unchanging Savior. Before I go on there, I just want to say, think back to the last thing that the Lord told you to do. Think back to the call of God on your life when you knew, I'm called to this. This is my purpose. This is what I have to do. Think back to that moment. He's wanting this morning a response and an action, and if we will answer the unchanging call, it hasn't changed, of our unchanging Savior Jesus, the substance of His unshakable kingdom will become woven into the fabric of our lives, making us constant and consistent instruments where we will become anchor-like strength in the midst of a shakeable, breakable world. Remember what he called you to start again today. The urgency, that weight that I'm feeling today is for now. Remember what he called you to and begin to run. Hebrews 12, verse 25, let's just skip down to that. I love this. After he has mentioned all those who, who died in faith, not having received the things promised, verse 25 says, sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter here. He says, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, the one who speaks. We are called to hear a voice in the midst of this moment. We are in now, more than ever before. And I sense, when I was thinking about this yesterday, I just sense the Holy Spirit is bringing and giving clarity to recognize the voice of the one we love amidst the noisy mess out there right now. He's bringing clarity for you to recognize the voice of God very clearly. We're, I feel like we're entering that time so that we can be a movement into the, to the whole earth. A movement after we've heard the voice and the breath of God that precedes the action. So don't doubt it in this season. Lean in and turn to see the voice that is speaking. We actually, you know, when, if, if Grant is calling me from the other side of the house, I don't put my ear to the sound and try and, you know, listen, listen. I Actually, what do I do? I turn my head to the sound and I go in that direction. So in Revelations, we know that John he says, I turned to see the voice. The voice is a sound. How do you see a sound? Okay, in this time, turn, put your full attention to the voice. Turn, fix your eyes, your gaze, the lenses of your eyes. Let him touch them. Let them be flexible in this time spiritually. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. You don't need 10 confirmations. Listen, he's speaking. Listen and obey, listen and put your full attention towards it. So John 18, you can just write this down just John 18, verse 36 and 37, Jesus is talking to I think it was Pontius Pilate, and he says, "My kingdom is not of this world." The kingdom, this unshakable kingdom. Is not of this world. They don't look around for it down here. It's not, it's not here. And it's not afar off either. I'll get to that just now. It says, everyone, verse 37, everyone of the truth listens to my voice. Who are we? Go back to what we began with this morning. Saints. The saints of God. Okay, we're the ones who know the truth, who hear the truth. Every one of the truth listens to my voice. If you don't get anything else this morning, just get that. Listen to his voice today. When you read the word, listen to the word from the past and the future and bring it into now because it's a word for today. We may be shocked and surprised or even go through some things the world's throwing at us right now, and we don't even have to talk about it. We all know what we, we mean. But we have the potential in us, the living DNA of God, to not be shaken. To not be shaken, because the kingdom of God is within. You know, when you, when you say, oh, I want to be part of the kingdom of God, you know, and people just, even myself, we just still have this mentality or this picture that it's a far off and it's a place because the best is yet to come. And he's saying, the kingdom of God is within you. And last night when I went to to sleep, I said, Lord, I I want to impart the the unshakable kingdom to your people. How? How how does one do that? And he says, make me personal. I'm a personal God. I'm a personal king. Because what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a king." That rules and reigns. So, an unshakable kingdom that we're going to read now. I promise is we're now inside of me and inside of you, but it's not a place. It's the King. It's the unshakable, immovable, immovable King, the one who never changes, the one who is the same. All the time, and the one who loves you. When I, when I woke up this morning and feeling that personal kingdom inside of me, I felt overwhelmed with love because that's the kingdom of heaven. That is the kingdom of God. If you don't feel loved when you're with the brethren, when you're with the saints, begin to love. Begin to love. Smash whatever people are going through. And and, be, and push through and be the one that loves. Be the breakthrough. But I'm talking to us as a community today. The perfect love of God, the perfect love of the King inside of you casts out all fear. So in the, in the midst that we are in now, where fear even as we anticipate another a speech because we need direction for the next few weeks of our life. No, 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 no. Thank you. We honor you, mister. Say what you say. Say what you need to say. We honor you. We pray for you. We love you. But the kingdom, the unshakable kingdom is within me. So no matter what you say, no matter what we have to outwork or adjust to, the kingdom of heaven is alive and more active than anything. Okay? Who's in us? It's, it's the king and his reign in you personally today. So Hebrews 12:28 says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. We're to receive a kingdom If you've just thought about a kingdom or read about a kingdom, I'm encouraging you today, let's activate verse 28 in our lives today. Receive the kingdom. Receive the king into you personally right now. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. And in other translations, it says it's a gift of grace. You see, we can't do anything apart from the grace of God. And so his continual supply of grace enables this unshakable gift to be sustained in our lives. The minute we start trying to work it out and do it on our own, the understanding and the perception of this kingdom inside of us begins to grow weary and disappear. Okay? So this grace enables us to receive it. And then it also enables us to worship God with reverence and godly fear. I love that. I mean, we are a worshiping church. We love to worship the Lord with music, without music. Our lives, we teach and we try and live out in this community that it is our lives that is a continual act of worship to God. We just also happen to love to do it to music. Okay? It's all the same. So whether you can sing in tune or not, it's irrelevant. We worship God. And so he tells us now how to do that by his grace with reverence and godly fear. So if you think of the unshakable kingdom being received within you today, our response, our only response is to reverently worship him and thank him for it. So we don't just take things for granted anymore. I'm sure you don't, even with the lockdown. You don't take your family for granted anymore. You don't take your church for granted anymore. We love the family of God. But the kingdom of God, make it personal today. And don't take it for granted. Reverently worship him. Reverently give him everything. Total trust in Jesus. Total surrender to Jesus. And it then says, for our God is a consuming fire. So receive him today, your unshakable kingdom. Be rooted and anchored in his great love for you, so that nothing can wobble you or disappoint you. Nothing can make you fear. Don't engage in corona conversation. Watch this mouth. Watch this mouth. Don't engage in it. Don't partner with fear in this natural realm. Just don't do it. But do engage in conversation with your unshakable king at all times. And do partner with love himself and with one another. For our God is a consuming fire. And for unbelievers, the end will be very hot. He's an all-consuming fire. And for unbelievers, it's going to be very hot. But for us believers, burning ones today, this fire cannot be tamed. There's a living flame in our lives, and his name is Jesus Christ the king that rules and reigns, the unshakable kingdom. If, if you do get another thing today, you can get up from your homes today, you can move about, go to work, you can move about your homes, you can just know and understand and grab hold of the unshakable kingdom within you, the unshakable, immovable king of kings and Lord of lords. I pray that you are stirred and excited because I am. These are just some thoughts that I wanted to share this morning to encourage you, to exhort you, but to, to fan and to flame again. And, and the main thing of my heart this morning is to, for everyone who hears this, is to go back and remember what he's called you to do. And do it with fire. Do it with the unshakable kingdom, knowing who's in you. If you want to just, uh, you don't have to close your eyes. You can keep looking this way, but we're going to pray. Con, will you come? We're going to pray. Lord, I just, I just want to thank you For this amazing, unshakable King, this kingdom that is within every one of us saints and believers today. And Father, we rise as your church, as the bride. We recognize who we are alongside of you. We recognize the times that we live in and we understand to prepare ourselves, a beautiful wife, for you. Father, help us to understand and recognize your voice. For each one of us, sometimes you speak so differently. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. you know just how to speak to each one of us and I pray that we would recognize your voice amidst the many other voices at this time and that you would make us convinced Holy Spirit every single day convinced of the kingdom convinced of the gospel of Jesus Christ convinced that we were born for such a time as this convinced that we're to grab hold with what we were made for what we were made for and to run, Lord God, to run, to run. doesn't matter what age we are. We stretch our spiritual lenses. We want to remain flexible, Holy Spirit, for what you want to do in each one of our lives, Lord, and as a church, as we prepare ourselves and equip ourselves, Father, for this next season. I thank you that we do it burning. I thank you that we get hotter and hotter and hotter that we cannot contain it, Lord. That it's not just waiting for an outreach to tell someone about the Lord, to tell someone about you, but it's every day, every minute we're thinking of you, we're considering you, Jesus. We're thinking of you. Our attention is on you. Our eyes are on you. We turn our heads towards the sound. Towards your voice right now. Holy Spirit, can you hear the yes in our hearts? Take that yes and bring it before the Father. Let it please you, Lord, as we reverently worship you. We want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for the glory of God. We don't just wait for corporate times for the glory of God. To be manifest, but Lord, King within, draw us into the times with you alone where it's just you and me, that we would live lives fully convinced, fully convinced. Help us with our language, Lord. Touch our mouths with fire purify our mouths and our lips Lord and let us begin to announce who you are who you're like (laughs) we announce you in every area of our lives Lord we announce you Jesus and Lord help us to live in the place that the best is now the best is now in Jesus name in Jesus name I just thank you, Father, for the impartation of what you've put in my heart, Lord, for our church and those listening. Thank you for the impartation of your word. Thank you, Jesus. We receive it. We receive it in the name of Jesus.